every day. I'm seeing another miracle presented, another baptism, another rededication. I'm seeing people get alive. Through the tragedy, God has brought more people to the church. 48 members of the church that Sunday of the tragedy, and now we're 150, 170 people here for baptisms yesterday. There are more uh, who have come to Christ since the tragedy because they see the love of Christ in us um, and they want that. You know, the loss of the use of my legs is a small price to pay to see all of those people coming to Christ. Like if, like if this is all I have to pay so that so many other people you know, around the world can, can see the love of Christ and establish a relationship with Christ and that this is, this is nothing compared to that. And that, even though 26 are gone and, and 20 more were wounded, and all the family, extended family that were hurt, it not only got our attention, it got the world's attention. So though I wish it hadn't happened, out of the ashes, the, the rebirth and the glory of God's going to be made manifest. And I would hope that when people think of Southern Springs, they think of Christ. And if everything that happened and everything we do thereafter gets others to focus on Christ, then that's what it's all about. As you know, I was at the Southern Baptist Convention this past week and I was able to speak and share there. However, I think the central point of much of what transpired in that convention was Sutherland Springs, and this was the video that the North American Mission Board shared. And the entire convention, over 9,000 messengers, I don't know how many total people were there, is lifting up Sutherland Springs in prayer. Hallelujah. Give God the glory. Amen. Now, even more importantly that I wanted to share with you, and this, this is online, you can go to get this and share it, and I say it for this reason, since the convention, no matter, no, no telling how many, but at least two people have come to know Christ because they watched this video right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gets the glory. Amen. I'll, I'll share this one quick story that, that Mark shared with us, but Mark said that he, he was just in his, his wife's car, Debbie's car, is at the mechanic shop, and he showed this video to the mechanic, and the mechanic was listening to the words that Chris said. And, that, and Chris's testimony on that video, he started broke, got broken, started talking, and he accepted Christ right there beside the car in the mechanic shop. God is good. Amen? Amen. Guys, I share that for this reason. We all have a testimony. And that testimony has been given unto us by God to use to lead others to Christ. Amen? The peace that we have found, what, what peace we are finding or trying to attain comes through Jesus, and there's many in the world that needs that same peace. And I would encourage you guys, especially this day on Father's Day, go home, go out, go wherever there may be those that are hurting and broken and lost, but go wherever you go and show the peace of Christ in all that you do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A few more, oh, and as far as the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, let me just share with you that one, thank you for praying over me. It was... Uh, but. To look out on that many people out in that crowd and knowing that 90% of them were preachers from the stairs to the pulpit was a little bit nerve-wracking. 
but you know, the prayers of you guys and the prayers of you guys as I was speaking, when I got up to that pulpit, I didn't care who was out there anymore. I felt comfortable because I was in the arms of Christ. So thank you for those prayers. Hallelujah. But as far as the convention goes, usually I'll come back and share this, that, or the other votes. For the most part, everything went incredibly well. It was either about Sutherland Springs was a primary topic, or the other topic was something that was happening at Southwestern Seminary, which really doesn't affect us here at all anyway. So between those two, there was really nothing else to report. It was a great convention, and God was glorified and lifted up, and I praise God for that. Amen? Amen. All right, just a, a couple more announcements. Carolyn, I found out today, is not with us, and Patty's not with us, because Carolyn has pneumonia and in the hospital. Oh, Patty is with us. Never mind. How's mom doing? She'll go home today. Is she doing better then? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, she's going home then. Keep praying, but praise the Lord, she's going home. Hey, that's good. I found out she's in the hospital and going home on the same day. All right, so keep Carolyn in your prayers because she's not feeling well. Also, in your bulletin, for those who are going to the Highland Lakes Youth Camp, it says that there's a meeting at Oak Hills Fellowship that's actually been moved here to our church, so it'll be here on the 24th. So if you're going to the Highland Lakes Youth Camp, please that, that's a mandatory meeting on the 24th that the camp requires to be had. So you, you need to be here for that meeting. Get with the, the uh, Ricky or, or Katie and they'll give you details on that if, um, if you can. Also on the back table, there's a flyer, but just quickly, a camp wellness is being presented by the Ecumenical Center, Tuesday, July 31st and August 1st. It's gonna be at the River Oaks Baptist Church. Uh, applications are in the office so you can see Wendy or Sherry Kay and they can help you with that uh, limited to 30 students students limited to 30 students so kind of first come first serve on that okay I think that's all the announcements I had quite a little quite a bit coming in there this morning so the next thing we're going to do I know we usually have music at this point but we have a special presenter coming to us this afternoon and the the well, actually, before I present the special presenter, let's present his special wife who's going to come up and she's going to share a song with us this morning. So this is Lisa Moore, came down from Ohio, and she's going to share with us this morning. Lisa, we tend to, if you don't mind, I'd like to pray with you before you sing. Amen. Father God, I do lift Lisa up to you and just ask, Lord, that you be with Miss Moore and just let her feel your peace and your comfort as she is sharing today. May we hear you through her. And God, may you just put your peace and blessing upon her in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
We as a church have been blessed in many different ways with different things people have given us from the cross back that you see behind me. The blankets and napkins and crosses and different expressions of people's prayers to us. Well, we were contacted uh, by Mr. Ron Moore Jr. and he said, I have something that I would like to share with you guys as well. So Ron Moore Jr. and his wife Lisa, they came down from Ohio and they're going to make some special presentations today. And he is known, he's an internationally known artist, a Parkinson's disease crusader, and he has done some things with his hands with, with, with to show, as she just sang, don't give up regardless what life throws at you. So, Mr. Moore, come on up to sit this morning. Got it? Can I pray with you? Yes, sir. Father God, I just lift up <clears throat> Mr. Moore to you and just ask you to touch Ron and be with him and just let him feel your presence, Lord God, as he comes to share the uh, artistic things and abilities that he has with the families of those that, God, that you've laid on his heart. Father, may your will be done here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Ain't God good? Amen. I'm one of the kind of people, I move around a little bit. Well, as I said, I'm a part of this So if I move around a bunch, it's all happening. <laughs> And I might say a few things that might sound kind of funny, but it sounds funny to me because I'm part of it. But if it sounds funny to you, it's okay to laugh. Because you know, every time, my thought is every time you laugh, you put another rock out on the devil. The devil wants to be happy. He wants to be mad. He wants to be sad. He wants to have people. But I'm here to say, Jesus is the answer for everything. Amen. Jesus is the comfort of all. Jesus is the reason why I do what I do. Uh, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 2004. Before that, I was always an artist. I was selling a lot all over around Ohio. I have myself placed on a pedestal right up here. Sometimes I think God allows things to happen. Like, this is that he took that pedestal and flipped it, allowed me to come down. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I worked my only way to expression. Then I got to where Parkinson's got too bad. I couldn't do it. I Lord, make a thing check myself. So my thought is, <clears throat> then 
Some of the people who They performed a deep brain stimulation. They drew holes in my skull. They ran a wire into my brain. I didn't bring the pictures because I think y'all want to see it. I've served the pictures. And if you zoom in on the one picture, you can actually see my brain. I have that because people are like, oh, come on, you ain't got no brain. I'm like, ah. I got, I got pictures of you, I got one. And so, right after that, I was able to start painting again. I had to stop. Before, I saw it all, all around Ohio. In the northeast part of Ohio, I had myself on a pedestal. And after the immigration uh, after the surgery, I started selling out of Auburn. I was donating more than I was selling. I was going to literally afford like I ain't donating nothing. But, but after that, I, every time I donated a painting, I felt so good about it. And then I started selling paintings all across the country. I love it. I know I was something good with being a video. It was pretty cool. I'm like, well, I'm going to go more beat it. What else can we got to? So I started donating more and more and more. And they, uh, now we have paintings in 10 foreign countries. One of the paintings, one of the most recent ones, was sent to India. And that doctor ended up through heart and through my surgery. I share all my faith with him. He ended up accepting Jesus Christ as Savior on his taking stitches out of my head. He didn't know, he didn't understand how to do that because he's always raised muscle. So, he was on the way to India to meet his family. He met his sister at the airport. And she was like, we don't know how, he always shared the story with my, my story with his sister. And she met him at the airport, we don't know how to tell you. There was a missionary in our church, in our hospital, that day of the patient down, received as a missionary. And so, while he was talking, he said some things that made sense. You can't tell mom and dad, but we're denouncing the Muslim faith except for Jesus Christ. You can't tell mom and dad. You know how he's going to tell his family that he accepted Jesus. They accepted Jesus on the exact same day. And then they, they made it to the parents' house and they all shared it to the parents. The parents were like, okay, well, don't bring that stuff around here. Because they lived in an area that was Muslim. So that Christmas, his sister was his brother-in-law was there on Christmas in God at the church of India. Invited the parents. The parents came. But the parents went by a restaurant or something on their way there to put on a costume. They don't want anybody to see them going to a Christian church. But while they're in that Christian church, during that Christian time, they, both of them, accepted Jesus and were saved. And I tell people, Parkinson sometimes is going to be tough. And, but I tell people, if they ate all that bag, had I not been dying with the Parkinson, I would not be able to be blessed with it. I would, I would be remiss if I didn't announce back in the back corner, Lone Star Parkinson Society would come out to support us. And I, I, uh, I'm so glad they came out to worship with us. And like Pastor said, the gate never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Why not today? But you know, you don't know when your next breath will be, your last breath will be. You don't know when you go out that you're going to be back here. So my thought is, some people think they think they're going to heaven. My thought is, if you're 99% sure you're going to heaven, you're 100% lost. You got to be sure. You got to be sure as you're sure as you're sure as you're sure. Um, I want to. I don't want to take a lot of time. I know Pastor got an awesome Father's Day service. And everybody who's a father today, 
for those of you who have stepped up to the plate to be a father figure, happy Father's Day. And happy Father's Day to the Father of all fathers, God. Corinthians started too much. I'm a little different. Some people just want to present whatever they have and be done. I, I'm a storyteller. A lot of my stories are in my hard work. I was actually at a restaurant and the waitress served me coffee in that cup. And she's kind of ditzy, so if somebody yelled at me, so she looked the other way and she wiped the coffee in my mouth. I'm like, most people get mad, like, you run away, I thought, oh, this needs to be a baby. I said, keep that cup. So I went back that night and I put my knees over it and I said, leave that cup. I came to the cup and leave the message here. If I came to the message, I'll the message on the table. But, but in a nutshell, what that page has to be with that this title, Cracked or Valuable, no matter what kind of a mess you think you made in your life, you are still valuable. It doesn't matter what other people think of you, what matters to you, Jesus Christ thinks of you, and thinks you're worthy, that talk is not valuable, then we can talk to you. We're valuable. As long as we have breath, there's hope. As long as we have breath, there's hope. You can't never give up. It's like your wife is saying, you can't give up, you never give up. Um, I don't want to bore you guys, but there's a lot of money. But before I get started, I think I'd like to present my first piece. I'm going to present some artwork today. And when I present this artwork, when I call the family members, I'll say the family members of whatever, whatever. Please come up and receive that I have for you. If you do not want to come up, that's okay. The pastor will make sure that you get it in the service. And a lot of people like photographs and people with our workshop. I'm happy to do that after service as long as it takes. I have one word for Mario because we've all got it. First piece of our work, I would like to sort of brother Chris Swinton. If he can come forward only this painting I have here, this is actually a print, um, number four or thirty. This is a painting of an eagle I did. It's a combination of a crow painting, a combination of a crow painting and spray painting. This is titled Invictus. Invictus, what the title, what, what that title means is I will not be conquered. And you know Jesus Christ, he ain't here. And 
I know this man likes to drink coffee because I see him in the news here and interview the coffee, so I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Here's the coffee that I made just here, Stephen, and got the, the picture of the drawing on one side, the other side of the title, Remember Freedom to the Tree. I appreciate you, and I appreciate the friends that you've become, and may God bless you every day, all day, Tuesday. I 
Is Brian your father's daughter here? Now, if you don't want to come out, we understand. We want, we want a love on you, not marriage.
always say one number, but they said I'll plus this unborn baby. Well, this unborn baby was you. I wanted to recognize the baby. And what I did, they can show, they can take it out and show you guys. I don't have a photograph of the baby, but everyone needs to be a tribute to. And so what I did is all I did was to show
Okay, there is so much fun.
And don't leave today without knowing that you're God's family. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Now, oftentimes, I know that when we have a longer service such as this, I kind of stop the message or we don't have a message as well. However, as I was sitting here just now praying, I feel as though that God still called me to, to share with you. I'll do so briefly, though. If, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Joshua. Turn to the book of Joshua this morning. In the book of Joshua... 24:15 says a verse that many of us remember, guys. It says, "But if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today the one who you will worship: the gods your fathers worshipped beyond the Euphrates River, or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you are living." As for me and my family, we choose to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. I share this morning. This is Brother Ron has came up and presented these with you, and and he has shared with you how. Though life has thrown adversities at him, he chose to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. And that's why I wanted to go, continue to go ahead and share a message with you this morning. Because I am, I, I'm afraid that many of the reasons why the churches have become watered down as it has is because so many men, and this being Father's Day, I thought this was the, uh, a prime opportunity. God laid this on my heart this morning. So many men have chosen not to serve the Lord. They'll say so. They'll do it with their mouths. But folks, there is a big difference. There is a disconnect oftentimes between what our mouths are saying and what our bodies are doing. Between the choices that we are making. I know we've heard the expression, well, he was sure was a good man. Or, or, or maybe we remember the, the phrase, the best thing I remember about my father was he was a good man. Folks, I would suggest to you today that what we need are not just good fathers. This is Father's Day, and praise God, we're celebrating fatherhood and fathers. But we don't need good fathers. We need godly fathers. Amen? Amen. And that's why I feel as though it's important to continue to share with you today, because I would like and hope that as we leave this place today, that we're not leaving our faith and our religion and our, our choices behind. We do not need to go out into the world and be good men. We need to go out into the world and be godly men. We need to go, good does not take our children to heaven, nor does it take us to heaven. It is godly men putting forth an example. It is godly men who will enter into glory. But so many people, so many men, I think, have the attitude, they hear the, you know, the separation of church and state. That means, oh, well, then the, everything that's re regulated to, to spiritual things, sacred things, uh, anything religious is for that one-hour worship time on Sunday morning, and they live the rest of their week uh, like they want, however they want to. Guys, that's not what God has laid out for us. Joshua says, for me and my house, we choose the Lord. Not just today, not tomorrow, but every day. I'm afraid, I'm thinking there are many fathers today who are afraid to be real fathers. Well, Pastor, what you, why would you say such a thing? It, it takes courage. It, it, it takes, to be involved with God and church and the society today it takes courage. It takes real men to go forth and proclaim the gospel and stand upon our Christian faith and upon our Christianity in the lost and dying. It's easy in here, guys. 
Praise God, you come and you sing, you raise your hand, you pray, and, and that is awesome. But where it's hard is when we get out into the real world, and that's where we're supposed to be doing it. Real men are godly men. Men who are not afraid to take up their God-given responsibility and train up their children in the way they should go. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I failed at that many times. And praise God, over the years, we get a little bit closer. And men, when I'm talking about fathers, remember, it's also grandfathers. It is also those who, who you have influence over in any way. We have been called to set an example. It's time to, to quit letting our wives do the things that God has called us to do. We need to take back to the things that God has told us to do, but like leading our children in spiritual devotions. We are to read to our children. We're to share with our children. We are to share with them. It's important to be involved in church. Unfortunately, today is the women who take their children to church by 67% by, by, by George Barnes' survey, 67% of the children are brought by their mothers while their dads stay at home. How incredibly sad that is. Dads, we need to quit, stop being known as good providers and start being known as godly fathers. Amen. That's what I pray that we would take out of this message today. It's not about just doing good things. It's about doing godly things. Unfortunately, I think our wives, our mothers, our, 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 our lady folk have been put in a position where they have to step up and do what needs to be done. They are having to take the children and teach them about God. And, and they are having to read the word of God. They are having to pray with our children. And that's great that the women are choosing to do that. But folks, we as the men of the house, as men of the church, as those who God has called to be godly fathers, that is our responsibility. And it's time for us to start taking up that spiritual leadership in our home and teaching the, the biblical principles and praying with our children. Teaching our children the biblical principles about how to handle their money. The biblical principles how to, to treat the opposite sex. Biblical principles on how to get by in the world and in your workplace. Biblical principles on how to handle our emotions. Our children are growing up today and we want to blame the millennials for all this stuff that's going on. I have to step back and say, where are their parents? Where is the dad that should have set the example? to get out there and be a hard-working asset to society? Where's the dad that should have set the example to start your day reading the scriptures in the morning? Where's the dad that got them to understand that when trials get rough, you don't point the finger at everybody else. You look up to God and say, Father, help me figure out how I'm supposed to get through this. Where are the dads that were supposed to take these children and train them up so that they would train their children up? We as a society have stepped in and, had, and, and, and given our responsibilities over to our wives and said handle it while we sit and watch football and eat popcorn on Sunday. Guys, that's not what we've been called to do. And on Father's Day, praise God, we're going to honor our fathers. But what I would commit to you today, let's be fathers worthy of being honored. Let's make the commitment to get back to being the men that God has called us to be. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. Men, when you tell your children what's important to go to Sunday school and you sit back at home and do not do it, your children will hear your words, but they're going to see what's important to daddy. 
When you say go with your mama to Sunday school and I'm just going to kick back back here, they see what's important. When we as men, we, we go to church and we teach love and tolerance, but then we go home and, and maintain a critical attitude towards our brothers and sisters. We go to church and we live for the church, but as soon as we leave the church, we live for the world. Guess which one of those your children are going to adhere to? It's not that I, Joshua didn't say I choose to live for the Lord in his house. He said, as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. Amen. That means all the time. It is pure poison to the mind of a child, I believe, and, and becomes a, an incredible stumbling block to them truly accepting Christ and becoming a Christian when we act one way in the church and another way in the rest of the week. That child is going to get confused and he's going to start looking at, well, if Daddy says to put this much time to the world and only this much time to the church, what's going to happen when that child grows up and goes out into the world? We want to be honored on Father's Day? Then be honorable then be what God has called you to be. And, and guys, I don't know why the Lord's laid this on my heart so heavily for today, but I feel as though that we need to step up and step out and become the Father who says that we believe that the book, the Word of God, is God's holy book. It is the most important book. And if we're going to say that, that means not to leave it up on the shelf just collecting dust all the time. It means our, our children should see us opening that book and reading that Bible. So that they can see it's important too. What, who's not heard a little boy or a little girl step out amongst their playmates and say, my, you know, my, my, it's got to be true because my daddy said so. Or my daddy can beat up your daddy. Kids respect their dads. They look to their father. And guys, whether you realized it or not, you are setting an example. Good or bad, you may be voicing a good one. But what example are you actually setting? What are they actually seeing? He or she, our children, they have confidence in us as dads that, that what we put first in our life must be incredibly important. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to put it first in their life. If they see you making the TV your primary focus, well, guess what's going to become their primary focus? If you want to just give them the computer and, and, and tell them sit there and shut up for the rest of the day, where are they going to see that their importance comes from? Folks, we have got to get back to being the parents God's called us to be. And men, God has called you to lead that fight. Now I didn't mean to get up here, and, and I'm feeling myself getting very honorary for some reason. I didn't mean to get up here and just step on toes like this, or if I am. But I believe that we are losing the men in each generation are becoming more and more feminine because men are choosing not to step up and be the men that God's called them to be. It takes courage to be the man of God that He's called you. It takes courage to lead your family. In Ephesians 6, 4, uh, are you going to have that up there or you didn't get it up there? There it is, Ephesians 6, 4. It says, do not trouble, excuse me, do not provoke your children to anger, but what? Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What's the big word on the top? Fathers. Fathers. Does it say moms, you need to go out there and bring your children up? No. It says, fathers, raise up your children. Bring up, train up your children in the instruction of the Lord. That is our God-given responsibility. And when we choose to lay it off on the moms, it's not mom's fault. Praise God, they're doing the best they can. It's you who's been equipped and hiding in the garage that needs to come outside. It's you and I who have been equipped to train up our children in the way they should go. And when we, when we continually give that responsibility away, then you sure can't complain about what's happening to the society around us.
We can't complain and say, oh, those millennials. Being a father is more than just paying the bills. It's more than just providing a home. It's more than just uh, uh, providing education or, or allowing recreation. It's more than the occasional lecture and disciplinarian. I, I, it is so much more. Those are good things. But being a godly father does not just mean being a good father. It means putting your focus on God. You can be good and not be godly. But you can't be godly and not be good. If you want to be the man God's called you to be, quit focusing on what's good and focus on what's God and the good will follow right behind it. Amen? But it's when we put our eyes on Christ and use Him as an example and start saying, I want to be like Christ. The closer our relationship is to God, the closer we draw ourselves onto God through Bible study and prayer, the closer we draw ourselves onto God, the better we become and the more good is going to be done around us. And guess what's going to happen to our children? They're going to be bathed in that good because they're being bathed in the godliness. And those children are going to grow up and tell their children, guess what my daddy used to do with me and I want to share with you right now. Fathers, whether we like it or not, we have been called to be the the priests, if you will, of our home. If our children are not being taught godly principles at home, guess what? You can't blame mom. You need to look in the mirror. It's not mom's fault, it's our fault because God has ordained us to take that task. In a way, our wife and children are kind of like our congregation. You're a pastor in a way, and you are to lead them down the pathways of righteousness. Fathers, not moms, have been called to be the spiritual leaders. When we stand before the throne one day, God's going to look to us and he's going to say, I called you to be the spiritual leader of that home. Why did you keep advocate? Why did you continually take, hand it off to your wife? What were you doing? What were you doing? Yeah, that golf tournament was exciting. You laid on the bed and watched for four hours, wasn't it? While your wife was having to do your job. How many men want to hear, yeah, you were supposed to do this, 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 and this, but your wife did it all for you while you lazed around on the couch. I'd rather hear, well done now, good and faithful servant. Because I chose to be the man that God's called me to be. Folks, this morning we need to understand that if there is going to be change in our, in our homes, if there's going to be change in our families, if there's going to be change in our societies, then we as men need to step up and institute that change. We need to change our lifestyle maybe. Maybe we need to change our thought pattern. We need to change that from being good is okay to godly is a far better way. We need to change from, I'm just going to let my wife do all these different things. We mean, you may need to change your method, change your motive, change your lifestyle. I don't know what needs to be changed in our lives, but what I do know is we need to quit focusing on good and start focusing on God. Now understand one more thing. Change is not change until it is changed. Now, what does that mean? Think about it. Change is not change until it is changed. Most people judge others by their actions, but they judge themselves by their intentions. Folks, intentions to change does not change a thing. You can sit there and, and, and come up with all the talk you want about changing. You can make resolutions concerning changing. You can pledge you're going to change, but until you change, nothing has changed. 
Talking about it doesn't do it. You have to be man enough to put actions to your words and actually have change. No healing is going to come to a hurting home until you, as the leader of that home, choose to change your perception of what's being good to what is godly and then become the godly man that God's called you to be. And the great thing is that when you become that man, the closer you get, the closer you walk with God, the more you walk in his presence, the more your wife and your children are going to get in that presence as well. The more and the closer you draw unto God, the more that you become that honorable father where you can say as Joshua, as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord, the more those family with behind you are going to choose to serve the Lord as well. When we become more godly, more like God than what we consider good, the more we take our eyes off good and put it on God, the more difference we're going to see in our homes. The more difference we're going to see in our children. And the better the relationship is you're going to have with your children. I wish I could stand here today and tell you I am the perfect father. I have apologized to all my children. I failed miserably when I was young. I used to think, well, being a good dad means money in the bank account. Oh, I can work 96 hours. That was my record one week was 96 hours. Some of y'all beating it, I'm sure. But I was proud of 96 hours. And I'll never forget one time I was at home and, 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 and it was uh, Cameron was doing something. And I said, I wonder why Caleb and Candy never did that. And Sherry said, they did. You just never were here to see it. To me, being a good father meant making sure there was money in the bank account. Coming home and taking them to a movie. Man, I'm dad, aren't I? Folks, it isn't about movies, it isn't about money, it isn't how big the house is, how big your car is. You know what's going to make you a dad? When you sit them children down around you and say, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Let me tell you what God can do for you. Let me tell you that though we may not have the material things, we have a spiritual God who loves us more than anything in this whole world. And he loves you even more than I do. But I love you so much, I want him to love you even more. That's what it means to be a dad. We're going to go out, and I praise God, my kids are coming over to my house. Uh, in fact, I think some of them are already at my house. And I look forward to seeing them. And I praise God that, that they, they, they are still looking to me. But, you know, if I choose not to portray Christ, even now that they're grown, I'm doing not only them a disservice, but my babies that came from them as well. From, we're in a battle. From the moment of, of birth to the other side of the grave, we're in a battle to share the gospel message. And I am afraid that Satan is winning with many of our men today because it's not politically correct to make a stand and say, I choose to be the man that God has called me to be, and I choose godly over good. We need to refocus, guys. We want to go and, and celebrate Father's Day today? Then go and celebrate by making the choice, not just the words. Change isn't change until there's change. But if you will start now and say, God, I pray for change in my life. There's the intention. There's the prayer. Now put action to it and open that Bible. Put that Bible. You know, I have a Bible beside my couch. Just so if I want to turn on the TV, I have to see it before I see the, the controller. And I have to make the choice. I'm choosing to either pick up my Bible or the controller. Now sometimes I still pick up the controller. But if I ever put that controller over that Bible, I have no one to blame but me because I see them both there and I'm making a choice. 
whatever it is to hold yourself accountable, men, make that change become actual change. And then when the next Father's Day, when your kids come to you, you can say, as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. And in that so doing, God's going to say, as for you and your house, thank you for inviting me for your holiday. And I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to be with your children. I'm going to be with your grandchildren. And praise God, some of y'all out there are even blessed to have great-grandchildren. Oh, well, all my grandchildren are great. But anyway, you know what I mean. Men, the challenge today is this. I know we're running late. But the challenge is this. Will you commit your heart and your life to change today? You want change in your home? You want change in your family? You're seeing that, that something has to change because there's a disaster about to happen if it doesn't? If you're seeing your, your, your children going this way and that way, you can't be responsible for all their actions, but you sure can be responsible for setting the example for them to see. You want to see change in your family? It starts with you, not your wife. Don't pray for your wife to change. Don't even pray for your children to change. You pray, God, make me change. And as you change, God will honor the rest by bringing them behind you. It's your choice. It's your decision this morning. Now, I will say to you that today to become more godly, quit focusing on good and become more godly. To focus on God, you have to know God. Just by just having a mental knowledge of who he is is not what's going to change you. The change comes by the Holy Spirit. The understanding comes by the Holy Spirit. The, the, the understanding of his word comes from the Holy Spirit. But it ain't, praise God, the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence within you when you choose to die to self and give your life to Christ. He said, whomsoever believes that I am the Son of God and I was resurrected on the third day, and he professes that out of his mouth, so shall he be saved. Amen. And that Holy Spirit's going to move in, and I'm going to say, if you will not quicken that spirit, if you'll let that spirit take hold of you, people may say, man, what happened to him? He's become a Bible thumper. He's become a Jesus freak. But you know what your kids are going to say? Man, Dad's just become really good. Look how much time Dad wants to spend with us. Look at the things Dad's teaching us now. Look how Dad's telling us how to handle our money and, and not worried and sweating things anymore. It's the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit that lives within. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that Holy Spirit is standing at the door. All you have to do is open your heart. You may say, well, I've been in church all my life and I'm just now realizing I really need to change. Isn't it great we serve a God that's standing there with his arms wide open and when that prodigal son comes running home, smelling like pig swine and everything, pig swine, same thing, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> When he comes home smelling, what did his daddy do? Opened his arms, said, get the best robe, put a ring on his finger, fat, kill a fattened calf. We're having a party. My son's come home. Amen. When you say, God, I need to change, his arms are open wide, and he says, let's have a party. Amen. The angels in heaven rejoice. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the number one message. His death burial and resurrection made him Lord of Lords, King of Kings. There is nothing or no one that can hold him down. And yet though he is King of Kings, there is not a person here that is not important enough that he will put his time into you right now. All you have to do is say, Father, forgive me. And mean it with your heart. Don't, I'm not saying say it with your mouth. We're real good at saying things and going out and doing other. Put actions to what your heart is saying today.
If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He's reaching out to you this morning. If you do know Him today, praise God. And you may say, man, I am, I'm right there with everything I need to be, I think. I think God's really using me. And I'm, st I'm, I'm just trying to find the pathway He set before me. Then I would say, take courage and continue the course. Stay focused on God and watch how those children come in behind you. Train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. Children scatter. Lord knows I did. But God brought me back. Trust in Him. Put your faith in Him. And the great thing about our kids, they were God's before they were ours anyway. He entrusted us to raise them. And men, he's entrusted you, as it says right there, to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Will you commit to that today? Be the father worthy of the honor of having a Father's Day. Let's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. This altar will be open. I'll pray with you if, if you want me to. You can pray right where you're at. Maybe you just need to hug your kids and say, you know what, I commit to you that I want to become more godly. I've been a good father, but I want to be a godly father. Will you do whatever it is the Lord's called you out to do today? And if he's telling you to sing, sing. But will you be what God's called you to be? Yes, sir. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You want to share? Yeah. All right. Brother Ian's going to share with us. All right. Well, happy Father's Day to everyone who has the blessing of being your father. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, our children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Mm. As arrows in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. Lord, forgive us for the times we failed and the times and the roles that we played and too many children got awry because they had daddy issues. Please give us skill to stand and deliver, to lodge our children, not in the way that we would have to go, but the way that you would have to go. Amen. Because Thank you, Jesus. You, as they are our heritage, Lord, they're, they're the heritage of you. You've given us a mighty task ahead, and we're thankful for it. So please anoint us to be the bread of God that you would have us be and to fulfill our task that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we play right now, if God's laying it on your heart to sing, sing. If he's telling you to come down, come down.
other men that God can use, not just to change their homes, but to change this community, this state, this nation. Pray, every one of these men, I pray when they cross your mind, pray that they will be the men that God called them to be. Now, I can't speak for any one of these men but myself. But I say, as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. May these men do the same. Give God the glory. Thank you. 